and welcome to our brand new Red Talks podcast. Over the next few weeks, my co-host Megan and I will be chatting to some really interesting people across multiple generations, working out what got them here and what makes them tick. As we get under the bonnet of successful people from all walks of life, we'll be looking at the various qualities that different generations possess, both positive and negative, and how this transfers into their career, personal lives and relationships. And we also want to have a bit of fun along the way. So, Megan, how are you? Yeah, I'm great, thanks. I'm really excited to get cracking with this podcast. I've always had such a nosy streak, so I'm really looking forward to getting to meet people from varying backgrounds and age groups and use this podcast as a bit of an excuse to quiz them about their own life experiences. And I suppose to start off with, we should really define what we're talking about by Generation Z, your generation, Mm. and Generation X, my generation. What are your thoughts? (laughs) Well, um, without generalising too much and without coming across too harsh because at the end of the day you're my boss and I've only been in this job for, (laughs) what, two months? Mm -hmm. Yes. (laughs) But I suppose I'd say that your generation are typically between your mid-40s to mid-50s, probably in a senior leadership role by now for which you've slogged your entire career to get there and just really struggling to understand the kind of younger blood that's coming through and the different skill sets that we bring with us, particularly with regards to technology, which I think a lot of the time perplexes your generation slightly. Yeah, possibly. (laughs) I'd also say, and you're actually the exception to this, having left investment banking to run your own recruitment company, but I'd say that a lot of your generation are of the mindset that we need to be really grateful for everything, um, particularly in relation to jobs. Um, So they're very loyal and will kind of stick in the same job their entire career and definitely don't conform to the whole people have multiple careers nowadays attitude that my generation like to live by yeah i think you've hit the nail on the head there and for me gen z so you guys probably early to mid 20s completely entitled want to run before they can walk for example being a podcast host within eight weeks of starting a new job Uh, a cheek but to be fair all very valid points (laughs) but seriously i'd say gen z's are clearly very tech savvy more entrepreneurial more confident and from a work perspective definitely less focused on money and more Mm. on company culture Mm. so Megan what do we want to take what do we want people to take away from these conversations I suppose we want to understand the different mindsets of different generations and what makes people successful Um, also how to handle and understand the varying styles of different generations in the workplace so whether you're a senior leader or a school leaver and how to kind of balance those differing attitudes and approaches to work agreed and I'd also like to get tangible tips and advice that people have picked up throughout their careers so without further ado let's introduce our first ever Red Talks Mm. guest So, for our very first episode, we thought it would be a good idea to chat with our very own Karen Livingston-Wellstead. Aside from being my gorgeous wife, a director of RED, and the most famous person we know that would agree to come on our podcast, she's also winner of Scotland's Home of the Year 2021, a top designer on BBC's brand new Virtually Home programme, and basically an all-round interior design guru. Welcome, Karen. Thank you. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you for having me. I think it's funny that... um, I'm the most famous person that you will agree to come on, but also that I'm the winner of Scotland's Home of the Year, but you also live in that house. That's true. That is true. That's true. I have nothing to do with it, though. No, so. well, that's fair. I appreciate you admitting 
And so for this episode, given my proximity to you mm. um, and the fact that I should probably know most of the answers to these questions, I'm going to take a bit of a backseat and let Megan lead the way on the conversation. So over to you, Megan. Thanks. Uh, hi, Karen. Hi. Welcome. And thanks so much again for coming on. No problem. We're really excited to have you here. Obviously, you've had such a varied career from working in investment banking at Goldman Sachs, uh, where you met the lovely Matt, to Thank now you. running your own interior design business, which is why we thought you'd be the perfect guest to start with. Um, I suppose what I really want to get out of this conversation this morning is just, just to kind of uncover how you got to where you are today um, and I thought that the best way to do that is to just strip it all back and start from the beginning with your upbringing. Um, <laughs> are you sure? I know that you've talked about like parental influence and how your dad was a business owner himself um, mm. instilled in you a desire to make money and your Norwegian mother who had a love for Scandi inspired interior design showed you how to spend it. So um, how has your upbringing informed your work? I think that um, probably my upbringing, there's two parts to it, I suppose. So my dad's a really hardworking guy, sort of traditional Scottish background, mm. wanted to earn money, but went away to sea. So he was in the Merchant Navy oh. for the beginning of his career. And my mum was a radio operator at sea. So they met, she was on a Norwegian ship and they met in Africa. Oh, wow. And so, but for me, I suppose the travel side of that and moving around that, I suppose more than anything, that's inspired my want, you know, wanting to move around mm. and and the idea that you're not limited really, that mm -hmm. you can just change and you can go and do things and you can move around careers yeah. and places. So I suppose it's a freeing thing, but equally uh, there's an expectation to do well, to work hard, to mm -hmm. not mess around too much, yeah. which is just then what I went on to do, mess around constantly. But yeah, so I suppose, <laughs> and then there's the other side of things, as you say, this, the um, my taste and mm. the creative side, None of my family are necessarily particularly creative or overtly oh. creative. And if I asked them, they'd be like, don't be ridiculous. Really? Um, <laughs> so there's not that sort of uh, not an, uh, necessarily something that's, I don't think, admired because my mum's really into art and everything. And we mm. were brought up to be interested in the arts to a certain degree, but not yeah. work in it. You don't, yeah. don't do that. So <laughs> so did that kind of shape your initial career yes. decision, do you think? It was kind of, that yes. wasn't expected of you? Yeah, so um, go, yeah. the school I went to as well, mm. there's an expectation if you were good at science, you did medicine, if you were good at English and languages, yeah. you did law, and if you weren't good at any of that, you got kicked out. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, I'm joking, yeah. obviously. Um, but the, so I did law, and then, mm. and I mean, don't get me wrong, uni was much more about messing around yeah. quite a lot, and then getting your degree mm -hmm. and having a good time making friends, sort of growing up a bit, sort of. And then mm. moving to London was again just getting away and doing, sort of expanding my horizons, and I wanted to work for a big organisation where I would be offered the opportunities to travel about yeah. and lots of different roles came. I know Goldman Sachs, everyone just thinks you're a trader, but there were so many different aspects to that as well, which obviously I didn't have a clue about when I went for the job. I was just like, that sounds like a really good job and impressive <laughs> and it's in London and I could maybe work in New York or... Yeah, those um, travel opportunities exactly. which you've obviously placed a, you've placed a big importance on. So, yes. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's really cool. And I'd like to learn more about your time kind of at Goldman Sachs because I feel like it's the one thing that I can't Google. Like, you know, <laughs> I've, I've done a bit of background research um, and basically just like sitting with a glass of wine watching your TV programme. And um, But it's the one thing that you really can't kind of research 
do much research on so well you can but there's a lot of people saying a lot of bad things about <laughs> true but but I'd like to hear it yeah first hand what was your experience theme. like oh, it, was, it was a brilliant organisation for me yeah. I was 22 or something and wow. went down to London living in a total wreck of a house in Clapham with pals <laughs> travelling into the city every day yeah. there was a, such a social life because it was so many young people starting there was mm-hmm. an intake of people starting every year in sort of September time so Lots of grads, people yeah. from all over, you know, the world really worked at Goldman's, yeah. which was inspiring mm. anyway. Lots of really bright people who wanted to do well. Mm-hmm. So f- to be in that environment was was brilliant. But equally living in London, where it's such a great cultural centre mm. and there's so much going on, was amazing for me. I absolutely loved London. Yeah. So I loved my time there. But, you know, a, a job's a job at the end of the day. I wanted to do well. I wanted to um, impress my bosses. Mm. I wanted to learn as much as I could. So it was it was a, a lot about working hard and mm-hmm. pitching up. And I had no clue. I mean, I don't have higher maths. I didn't. Don't think they even noticed that <laughs> really? on my CV. No, I'm oh, hopeless. Wow, I thought you must be like, <laughs> like a maths laughed, but I was. I'm not. We can't tell the story about the <laughs> significant figure. No. Well, I will now. I've said. <laughs> I was going to say you have to tell my, it. Now. Um, our daughter is 13 or nearly 13 mm. and so she's doing maths that's now beyond my capabilities <laughs> so the other day we were sitting and I was cooking dinner she's like can you help me and she's looking at me going can you help me I went well I'll try she goes what's a significant figure and I went well why don't we go with Obama or someone like that <laughs> and she was like mum no. it's maths and I went I really don't even know what I've, what, what I've said wrong <laughs> that's how little I don't know Oh, so, that makes me feel so much better because yes. I never got higher maths anyway, either. But I kind of thought you were going to be talking no, figures no, no, at me no, and none. I feel really overwhelmed. Never. I can't really do spreadsheets either. He still yeah, thinks so I'm a she, total joke. So I would kind of do serious like reconciliation. So my job mm. at Goldman Sachs was very much back office. Yeah. A lot of things like breaks. So there was mistakes on an account or money. We'd have to go back and figure out mm. where it belongs or whatever. Um, and I, so I was sort of doing longhand <laughs> with my abacus <laughs> and lots of things uh, printed out. Yeah. So in, in in a way, I suppose I was challenging myself. It would have been mm. much easier for me to go into something in the arts or... Um, oh, you're with your or kind of future law degree yeah, as well. Yeah. Lawyer, which is what yes. I should have done. <laughs> but um, so, you know, it was really challenging, yeah. but it was it, it's, it's, it's such a massive part of the economy. And mm-hmm. really what I got to learn about was this whole part of the um, how the world works and mm-hmm. money and everything that I would really no clue about. I was just yeah. like, give me the money, I spend it. Yes. That's enough <laughs> for me. And so it was interesting. But they did um, they did put up with me and my poor poor math skills but it just goes <laughs> to show you that if even I can work at Goldman Sachs then anyone can I can't believe you didn't get like found that. out no I didn't get found out I mean there were people looking at me going why is she using like why is she not using a spreadsheet and I was like and I'm using a highlighter <laughs> I think it's, it was probably your communication skills that really shone through as well and obviously you know having studied law you have to be able to communicate well with people yeah. um, and so I feel like that probably shone through too and sometimes like you can kind of just bluff your way through th- through things <laughs> if, if you know you have a basic understanding I feel like you'd be really quite good at that just, you can yeah. you can go so far but equally you have to so I mean it's about commitment mm-hmm. and so if there was ever a problem not everybody wants to commit to things you go you look at the beginning of an issue it's standing in front of you like a massive mountain to climb and you either say I'm going to do this yeah. and I'm going to 
work it out and I'm going to print all of these statements off and with my highlighter, like, you know, instead of putting it into a spreadsheet like everybody else said. <laughs> so I found a way of doing it, but equally it was more that I was committed to doing it. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't shy away from things that were just too difficult. So no. I had to just figure it out and speak to the right people. Mm-hmm. And I guess communication came... Uh, in handy then but you know like also, a bit of charm a wee yes. bit of Glaswegian terrifying <laughs> <Glaswegian>. people <laughs> you know they love that Glasgow kiss exactly. yeah <laughs> exactly and I think so. resilience and determination as well which I think yeah. you've kind of um shown throughout your career and so moving on kind of to your more recent work yeah. with interior design yeah. um with interior design what I'm really wondering is do you feel like you've found your dream job now or I know that you've kind of you've had personal projects over the years Scotland's yeah. home of the year being a, a big one of those yeah. and do you feel like you know you kind of with personal projects you'll complete something and then you've got this burning desire to get a new project and do you feel like that like that with interior design like there's kind of a different industry calling your name now yeah so I guess just finishing off the Goldman Sachs chat and moving on mm. to that is that you, it depends on what kind of person you are, whether yeah. in your career, you need your career to reflect a bit more about who you are. Definitely. And if you need to have the creativity that and inspiration and probably working in the city while it was really diverse and dynamic mm-hmm. and we did get to travel and such like and we were rewarded reasonably well. Wasn't a trader, so not big bucks. So, um <laughs> I don't I think it wasn't enough for me so yeah. I definitely wanted to explore that more creative side and f- I've I've always just fired about at home with houses and just um, moved people's things around and mm. it's just been something that I would do when we go on holiday I might take things to just like if we rent a cottage or something I'll yeah. change things around there just because really? I, yeah I yeah. suppose it's a sort of Um, disability in a way (laughs) so once you arrive will you just kind of play with what you've got or will you actually bring props from home we have both both. yeah for sure yeah yeah yeah. we've got a caravan we used to go with my parents my dad's from Campbelltown we used to go with caravans there and I would always take throws and mm-hmm. tea, like fairy mm-hmm. lights and candles and things always and he's just like essentials only <laughs> essentials only <laughs> uh, it's pretty impressive when you turn up at the caravan site or whatever and the and the place looks absolutely immaculate and it's just like yeah, yeah. yeah proper like, interior design caravan? that's <laughs> amazing <laughs> exactly. you know, everyone wants to come up to your yeah. caravan for drinks yeah. in the but evening I think it's but... a, bit, a bit about that as well mm. though it's a bit about making it for other people it's not yeah. ju- I mean it's for my eyes as well I don't like looking at it as rubbish but I also want it to feel like um, somewhere that people want to sit and be mm-hmm. and have music and like the whole sensory experience, like the smells and everything. So yeah. it doesn't. So, but that's, you know, that's part of the the what I enjoy doing. But I, I, you know, getting back to what you're asking about whether it's my dream job or not, mm. it's still a job. At the end of the day, there's still people phoning me and saying, and "Can job. you get here now?" <laughs> yeah. And so whereas I do get to apply the creative side of what I enjoy and mm-hmm. I do and I can sometimes have days where I can sort of not look at my clock and really get into it yeah. and then you get into flow and I enjoy it so much but then most days I'm like I'm picking up one kid at two or mm. three I've got to get dinner before that and I'm like so late and I have to rush and I don't necessarily get to enjoy it in the same way no. so you know, no matter what kind of job you have, it's still a job. It's exactly. still you're still got responsibilities. You still are answerable to people. So mm-hmm. it's not in the same way that when maybe I did our own home, 
we can mm. I set the budget yes I set the budget yes. Yes. Um, not very good with numbers <laughs> again that's where it gets a bit lost um, all the numbers but I you know I'll set the budget and I can be more free in a way mm. that um, that that's sort of enjoyable so yes it is my dream job in that yeah. if somebody said what would it be what would your dream job be I'd be like well if I could just play about with houses yes, exactly mm. but it's just sometimes when you've got like you said the kids to pick up at three and you want yeah. five hours to just yeah. kind of spend staring at this front room thinking yeah, what, yeah. what can I do how can I improve this and exactly. then and really I guess obviously like you said when you're with your own houses it's always at the forefront of your mind um you know people that are going to be there and uh-huh. how they will feel about the space yeah. and how the space will kind of welcome them yes. and I suppose that then obviously you always have your clients at the forefront of your mind and how do you want them to feel in this flat or in this house so when you've kind of yeah you've got a time limit of half an uh-huh. hour to make those decisions it's tricky and you maybe perhaps don't feel like you've always done the best job there then but no no never that no. <laughs> um, <laughs> also well, you're probably quite modest but still uh-huh. um yeah. No, I think so. There's and the, as well as that, though, as well as being limited with time, people forget that you think interior design is super glamorous, but actually, mm. m- most of my job is carrying boxes around, up, the st- up and down tenement flats, stairs, exactly, and, or yes. lifting things and unpacking yeah. and packing, and that that's probably yeah. about eighty percent of the job is sort of the prep and getting things mm. in place. So and a lot less glamorous, yeah, a lot less glamorous. Mm. But I mean, um, what is it? The guy? Who's the guy you? What was that podcast we listened to? The guy who, McEwen, was it that guy McEwen who said, uh, finish is better than perfect. So Mm. for me, and I think in the creative side of what I do, you could potter about, I imagine artists sort of faffing around with canvases and going too far. So in a way, having the time pressure means you just do it and, Mm -hmm. you know, plan ahead and get everything you need and then put it into place and then you need to leave now and that's just to. it done. Otherwise so that's, the job would never and, be finished. Yeah, so, so I suppose yeah. that, that marries up with the kind of commercial aspect. Otherwise I'd spend my whole life just messing around and, yeah. and it'll never be finished. So, mm. yeah. I mean, but it is, it is my dream job. But, yeah, you know, when you've got a family, you also want to be able to be your own kind of master mm-hmm. and I want to be able to see actually I, I won't I pick need, up my kids at yeah. three I don't want her to always be in after school and mm-hmm. and you I'm want to be able to like do that. that too yeah no definitely and I suppose um kind of moving on to all the different things that you've got to explore with interior design uh, particularly your kind of tv career mm. now uh, which is really exciting mm-hmm. but it's obviously still relatively new too yes um and do you ever get the feeling kind of of a bit of imposter syndrome or nerves before filming because I've, I've kind of watched you i've watched a few of your episodes um virtually home episodes and you do you seem really cool and calm and collected and to be quite honest it made me feel nervous going into this chat because i was like <laughs> karen's just got it nailed hasn't she like i'm gonna seem like a bag of nerves and you do always appear pretty calm but is that just a a front that you can put on we should ask him (laughs) what do you think i think yeah pretty natural you are the way you are on television is the way you are Mm. i mean i think um if anything imposter syndrome i had probably more in banking Mm. probably again because i can't do math yeah (laughs) ask me a sum and i'll be like oh i'll just come consult with one of my (laughs) colleagues um but uh, I, hmm. imposter syndrome is one of those things where you I think you handle I think everybody has an element of it and if mm-hmm. you don't then I worry a wee bit more about 
your personality then yes. we, I think everyone has to and, and in a way sometimes it's a good thing because it drives you to prepare well mm. it drives you to go into the room with all of your notes for me with the television thing I, it was a lot about the work I did before so the mm-hmm. designs and really making sure that I was happy with them yeah and if I was happy with them then there's nothing more I could do about that as long as I worked hard which I did I mm. put in a lot of work and I enjoyed that yeah. so in a way that the television program was such a great thing for me because first of all I got to go and do the creative bit and you know potter about and you know be inspired and and have the um the problem as it were so the mm. the room that they wanted to change we you know I could sort of focus on that and think about it and then but then go in and work with people which is yes. what you sort of miss sometimes as well and certainly in my job a lot of the stuff I do on my own um, so I really loved that part of it and mm-hmm. and because the team I worked with were so nice yeah. um, I didn't feel nervous I felt nervous the night before mm. mostly because I didn't have any gear and I had to go to Harvey Nichols in Edinburgh the night before filming <laughs> to get stuff which is bad planning you know. <laughs> Um, but a great excuse to go to Harvey Nicks yeah. at the same time. So Correct. it was sales. It was sales. Uh, it was sales. Yeah. <laughs> you break out. Like, 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 what? Your job is not video. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but I think actually definitely don't shy away from challenges. So in mm. a way, if anything, I actually enjoy it. I think it's yeah. having that come up and me going, I'm definitely going to feel nervous and out of my depth. Mm. Let's definitely do it. Let's do this. Yeah. And I think as well what you were saying about, you know, as long as you feel prepared, then yes. you can go into it feeling like this is this is going to be okay. Yeah. Because at the end of the day as well, with interior design and many other forms of art, it all comes down to personal preference. Mm. So you could create the most amazing designs for somebody and, and then still turn around it, yeah. and say I, I don't like <laughs> yeah, that exactly. and Hello. I guess it's yeah like <laughs> wait what so I guess it's all you you know you think grey is the perfect colour and they say let's try that in bright green mm. and you're like oh really really but you just have to it's, it's their home at the end of the day so I yes. guess you know you can prepare to a certain element but then yeah. there's always going to be things out with your control and in kind of in an industry like that you just need to be able to accept that which you obviously do but if you yeah. feel prepared then you're like there's nothing more I, I can do to kind of yeah yeah and trust yourself though as well you have to you, you have to mm. trust that you can yeah. do what you you know what you're there to do and I, I suppose I do have confidence in that I do mm. have confidence because I've got experience in it yeah. but equally knowing enough to know there's some things I can't do in this and that's what this part of the team is there for so Mm -hmm. that's a bit to do with the experience as well so if we start at the beginning of your career you don't really know what you should know and as long as you're asking the questions and as long as you're listening and then you build up the sort of understanding of what it is that you don't know so I didn't have a clue about any of the the virtual reality stuff that was another team was that that totally new to you that oh yeah 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 yeah. so we do Mm. the CADs and um I do put, try and put quite a bit of stuff into the the computer. Again, uh-huh. I'm slightly like a bit of an idiot when it comes to stuff like that. I'm like, I'm actually so relieved to hear you. this because Matt, obviously <laughs> I'm new to the company. Matt, you're, Matt, you're my boss. And oh, as I'm sure you know, Matt, you're so into your spreadsheets. Yes, and, I do love a good spreadsheet. Yes, and I, I must admit it's pretty that... pretty sexy. <laughs> <laughs> spreadsheets are sexy. But I, I'm terrible at spreadsheets. It's kind of interesting with the whole different generation thing. And we, you know, mm. I usually am the more, more of an IT guru into my like digital technology and things whereas you're not as into yeah. that Matt but in terms of spreadsheets mm-hmm. I am a total novice it just I'm so confused and the <laughs> amount of times a day I have to be mad so sorry but don't feel bad we're on, on the team huddles and it's like who put that into the spreadsheet wrong <laughs> Megan so it's actually a real relief to hear that yeah, you're, yeah. you know you're not a fan of spreadsheets either that's quite nice <laughs> no, not, not leave them really. to me yes exactly <laughs> 
know what you don't know. Exactly. <laughs> and I guess what I was also thinking when I was kind of watching your TV show, and that was a really nice way for me to just wind down in the evening, just sit and watch you chatting about homes. <laughs> but I was thinking, like, obviously this this was your hobby as well, originally. Uh-huh. And then it's amazingly, it's grown into your career. But I was just thinking, how do you kind of separate a hobby from work when work has now become your hobby? So, like, if you're now kind of sat at home bruising, browsing through a Homes and Interiors Scotland magazine, um, do you kind of, like, sit there and then give yourself a bit of a telling off and be like, Karen, stop thinking about work. Like, this is work now. No. Or can you still enjoy it? I do enjoy it still. Yeah. I do f- I'm still really inspired by things, yeah. especially like traveling and going to a gorgeous hotel or whatever. Mm. I, I mean, I'm still really inspired by all different designs and I love seeing what's coming out and what's new. Not that I necessarily follow fashions or trends in, in mm. that sort of space, but it's I do love it. I don't probably spend as much time looking at maybe magazines and things as I used to. No. Um, just not for any particular reason other than I'm doing it all day, as you say, yeah. but it's not, it's not a like, oh, I can't face this I need to switch off all. from this now. No, 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 not at all. No. Not at all. If anything, sort of writing. Um, so as you know, I went to, I did an MA in creative yeah. writing at Birkbeck when I was still working in London. And that so was cool. me. Huh? Well, <laughs> it was, it was really cheap because we got back to go to the union because we were back at uni and I was like, all oh, right. Yeah, so instead of being in the wine bars in central London. Yeah. Um, it was was a really nice thing to do and I mm-hmm. really enjoyed it and writing. But actually after I wrote a novel and got an agent, but it didn't get published. So it is glamorous being a failed writer, I think. Yeah, <laughs> rather than just a sort of element budget. of glamour there. Yeah, exactly. I, so. I think so. Definitely. So it's not all been smooth sailing. <laughs> um, but, you know, after that, I found it quite difficult to read. And reading is really? over and above my favourite thing to do. I mean, I do like spending time with you, darling. Don't don't get me oh, wrong. I and the children. That. No, no, fine. But, I, um, but books are my first love. Mm. And... So uh, I think maybe, maybe I did. I really found it difficult to get back into reading after writing and not having the book published. Yeah. Just and I was like reading this, going, "This is rubbish. Yes, why I is was my- say, Why is that? Is it because you were then reading other people's work, being like, "How is this made? How, bit, how, are pe- how has this made the shelves and mine hasn't? Maybe that's ego. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. I don't know though. I mean, I must admit, I quite like I quite like writing myself, and uh, that's why I was saying there's definitely certain el- certain element of glamour to being a failed writer because yeah, I imagine is- that will be me in ten, fifteen years time. But so I, I do enjoy it too and sometimes you'll sit and you'll read something and you do kind of feel like god that's made that's made the shelves and mine hasn't or um but yeah I mean I suppose that it's good that you did fall back into into loving reading though like yes. how, how did you manage to do that how did it was just, just time and yeah. time and I get over you get over it and yeah and then in the end I, I mean it hurts a little less it does hurt a little bit less every day but I mean obviously it's still something that's for me to go back to I always have big plans and lots Mm. of ideas and things and it's just more actually probably the the instant uh, gratification of interiors uh, Mm. that I can get from going in and just so a lot of the stuff I do is I get someone selling a flat and it's got students have been living there for 10 years yeah can you go in and so I take a van of stuff and I fix what's there already and so that's in a day I'll do a whole flat and so there's something very rewarding about mm-hmm. that instant kind of gratification and, and the before and after yeah, shots as rather well. than sitting in a room for a year on yeah. your own trying to write which is, which is amazing face, but 
many knockbacks. Yeah. yeah. And do, uh, do you mind? Uh, do you mind talking about what your what your novel was about? Are oh, you are you willing to touch to on that, or is it a bit of a? Uh, no, no, I don't mind. But yeah. I, somebody might like the story, and I've still got my goals <laughs> for it. That's true. Give us a very brief outline. No details. No details at all. Where's ah, the somebody going missing, and then oh. her mum ten years later saying somebody comes to her and says I know where she is and sort of figuring yeah. out whether that's anyway well you know you heard it here first guys exactly. <laughs> I've read it it's really very good you've read it yeah. are you the only person can we edit any cuts, conversation but... about the book <laughs> <laughs> I read loads of psychological thrillers over Christmas like I it had never been the sort I was of way before was... my time yeah that was all I feel like they've really like they're huh. really popular at the moment the layman's crime novel mm. sort of yes exactly so it's not a detective or a pathologist it's a yeah. An individual. Mm-hmm. Definitely. That's, that's, it's all over the place now. In fact, I couldn't possibly release it now. It's just been done to death. <laughs> <laughs> done to death. No, I think I think there's definitely a yeah, a market for it there. I think so. Mm. Um yeah, so I mean, as we know, you've had such a varied career and personally, like, you know, I'd love to do them in creative writing. So I'm highly jealous of that aspect of your career, too. Um, so I do find you inspiring without trying to sound like I'm fangirling there. Okay, um, it's fine. I'm very comfortable. <laughs> with that. She, loves it. <laughs> she loves it. But I think it's also because I'm at a stage in my life where I feel like I should have it all figured out now um, in terms of kind of career direction. But I, I just I really, really don't. And to me, you're kind of a prime example of someone who has been. Who like, hasn't got it figured no, out. You're, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, who's excelled at lots of things, but has only been able to do that because you've kind of taken a step back and been like, you know what, I really like this, I'm just going to try it, I'm just going to give it a go. Um, and obviously you're looking in the fact that you are multi-talented, which always helps. Mm, um, well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but it's inspiring because you've just decided to go for things. Um, so I guess what I was wondering was, like, how do you work up the courage to branch out into a new industry or make that career move? And what advice would you give to somebody wanting to take that leap? Don't always listen to everybody's advice. So mm. a lot of people when I was leaving investment banking were like, and we moved away from London as well. Yeah. Everyone's like, you can't leave London <laughs> for number one. And then you can't leave banking. Why would you mm. leave like all your health insurance, the, you know, the bonuses. All the benefits yeah. there, yeah. Um, and so, I mean, even people very close to me were saying, you, you mustn't do this. Mm. Um, so it is about listening to your instincts and yeah. trusting yourself and trusting that you'll be fine. Like at the end of the day, if it doesn't work out, you could go back or you could pick something else. Mm. You know, okay, there is a little bit of making sure you're financially secure. Yeah. But but equally, don't get yourself in a position where you're like a slave to your job just mm. because you've got this mortgage and you want to show that you've got the fancy car and things mm. like that. I, I suppose I don't... In a way, where I'm lucky in that we're a part, Matt and I are a partnership. So whereas yeah. when I wanted to do a bit more writing and also have kids, he was in the position to be able to support the family. Yeah. So yeah. that you know, I didn't. I'm not like some writers who sit in their garage all night writing and then in the day they're working and three jobs or, or whatever. Yeah. So I, I, I'm, you know, we mustn't overstate what the sort of bravery side of things because mm. I was in a secure financial position mm-hmm. to be able to make some choices. I rented out a flat in central London and yeah. then we rented a smaller place out of London. So, you know, we were, we made decisions about what we wanted to do and, mm-hmm. I suppose when you have three kids as well, you do have to take all those factors into account. Yeah. But See, it's it was less still easy a busy... now to make yes. those decisions than it was in my 20s. Yeah, like, when it's just yourself you're thinking about. Uh, but it's, so it was really brave to take that leap still, because like you said, you know, 
working in investment banking. There's so many incentives to stay mm. there. Well, the more you stay, the exactly. more you go, well, I'll wait for the shares to vest yes. or I'll wait for this Christmas bonus. And I'm I'll only 10 years away from this account. next promotion. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. 10 uh-huh. years for next promotion. God, that's a bit. <laughs> but still, yeah, I feel like. <laughs> you, you can work harder than that, sure. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I think uh, it is, there is, yeah, it's, but it's, it's imagination as well, mm. like, and confidence in yourself. Lots of people just maybe don't have a clue I don't even know if it's so much that people have dreams that they're just not following. A lot of the time mm-hmm. you're just in it and the weeds and you're working hard and you've got a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. So then to be able to take some time to work out what it is you would do alternatively, mm-hmm. that that's, that's a sort of job in itself. So, you know, people must, if they have a dream, then that's part of the battle. So then don't let it go, you know. And there's ways that you can, so, you know, I took a, I, I, I reduced my hours yes. when I worked at Goldman to four days a week, yeah. first of all so that I could work uh, all day, all week rather, and then on Friday I would write. And you had that creative outlet. Have a lion. And did you, did you find a lion, of course, mm-hmm. um, and did you find that that kind of, that benefited your work at Goldman's then? Because obviously no. you're very, no, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> Just because oh, you're a creative well. person. I was like, was it nice to gain that part of yourself back almost? And then did that make you perform better? Well, or did it make you kind of think, oh, God, no, I, I the, want to do this full time now. the end of the wedge, yeah. yeah. So yeah. for sure. But then that's okay. That, yeah. that's, that's, a sort of, that's what I'm saying. It's a sort of stepping stone. If Definitely. you know what you want to do and you can't quite make it work practically because mm. you've got your mortgage and whatnot, then then reduce what you mm. can and, and, and be flexible, and especially if you've got it. good relationships with your, with your boss or whatever yeah. and to say, look, can I... Three-day week might yeah. be better as well because then they can get another head count or half a yeah. head count. I'm not suggesting you Give do that. Some, <laughs> some ideas there, eh? You know, I, feel I like can see Matt looking over a bit worried, but I am, no, what, two months, two months into this job, so I'm not, I'm not going anywhere anytime <laughs> soon, if I, as long as I can help it. But yeah. And I suppose as well, when you're just chatting about kind of having that confidence to leave, it was, it kind of brought me back to a conversation I was just having with my mum yesterday. And I was, we were talking about whether, you know, you're kind of, you're born with kind of inner resilience and determination. Um, or is that, and not born with it, but it's something that you kind of develop over your childhood, depending on whether you have a loving, supportive family who are there for you and who instill that confidence within you, kind of? Or is it something that you think that you just, um, some people are resilient and some people aren't, and some people, like, will be able to make that move and some people will stay in a job their entire lives out of fear of kind of what what would happen if they didn't like do you sorry. I think there's a, resili- That's a very that was a very well, roundabout question I think there's there a resilience but... instinct in something that you hate and you're yeah, doing that for someone yeah. else that's so that's resilience that is resilience I mean too, it's not yeah. I don't think it's the basic call but no. I still think there's something admirable about people like you can imagine a traditional dad who absolutely yes. hates his job and he's doing it for his doing family for his kids. There's, exactly. but at the same time you know with that is a question I certainly don't think I could answer and it's something that we talk about we've got kids that we want to instill exactly resilience yeah. and, mm. and being hard working but I think you learn that and that that comes with experience yeah. and, and falling over and getting back up again exactly Definitely. yeah and last question mm. what are some of your non-negotiable values Well, I like to think of myself as an honest person. Mm. So uh, honesty, for sure, like to the point of fault, like I have to admit things immediately that I've I've done something. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I think that I I would always want to work in an organisation that was 
um, doing the right thing. And, 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 you know, I think there's maybe a controversial comment there, given that a lot of people don't necessarily believe that investment banking is is a sort of always morally mm. correct. But at the same time, the organisation I worked for was very fair. Yeah. And everybody got a chance, no matter where they came from, no matter what their background yeah. was, if they worked hard and they committed to it, then they... No matter whether or not they were good at maths, whether no, they were... Exactly. <laughs> that didn't even Equal matter. Opportunities employer. <laughs> exactly. They, uh, they all got a chance. Everybody got a chance if you mm. worked hard. You know, people often think it's like a lot of toffs or whatever, no offence to the toffs who work <laughs> in banking. And that mm. maybe is there is an element of that, but there's not. There's a lot of Europeans, lots of... Americans we worked with, lots of people, and they and they mm. what I saw when I was there is them trying to um, employ people from lots of different uh, backgrounds, become and more diverse, and exactly. Yeah. And so for me, things like well, say equal opportunities in in jest, but actually that sort of thing like LGBTQ plus for mm. me nowadays, trying to um, encourage people to come in and work in all different practices, yeah, and um, so I have try to be non-judgmental in my daily life mm-hmm. that's not just in my work that's sort of who I want to be mm. I mean it's hard when you work in interiors and you go oh god what have you chosen that <laughs> for but I don't like I don't want to sort of judge but I certainly don't want to make calls about other people's life choices so mm. I'd like to be an inclusive employer I also mm-hmm. don't like to judge people in the main but equally things like kindness and yeah. you know that is such a God, that's such a like now it's become such a catchphrase and everyone's like be kind exactly. and at the Hashtag same time kind, they're slagging people off on yeah. Twitter or whatever like that I would never I would never want to no. talk badly about people and you never get into a Twitter war or anything well I might but a defense <laughs> I might but in, in, de- in defense <laughs> of other people I don't no, I don't defen- actually go on Twitter mm. I wouldn't I don't really look I might if no. we watch Love Island Oh, Love Island. Uh, scoop. I only would uh, that I only would watch Love Island to be able to look at it about Twitter really? and see what they're saying. <laughs> He's like, cut this, cut this now. Get her off, get her out. I know, I want to know whether Matt watches yeah. Love Island. No, Is absolutely that a thing not. That you He's on Twitter. On to the next question. Oh, yeah. He's on Twitter Obviously while looking you're on. at things in the markets and stuff. Yeah. Like no, I yeah, so for me things like yeah, as long as I've got an opportunity, a mm. fairness, um I think those are things that are not uh, I can uh, compromise on. Yeah. I think one thing I'd add in probably as well is high standards um, oh, yeah. that you get from a place like working at Goldman Sachs. You get yeah. that kind of, you operate, you want to operate at that high standard and all yeah. the work you do is being at that kind of standard, which I think you take through to, you know, everything you do within the interior design stuff as well. Yeah, and that, but that maybe is a part of a slight flaw in character about trying to prove something always and trying to, but maybe, you know, sometimes the flaws are what makes you work harder. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah. So, you know, with a perfect up, upbringing and things might not be the, the right <laughs> thing if you want to be. But you know. holding yourself to such high standards as well, I guess, that yeah. then that does encourage clients, um, especially in terms of interior design, because they they know that they will get that high standard from you, which can, can add pressure. But if you, I don't know if that's something that you feel like you're not doing the best job unless you do do it to your standard, then mm. I guess at the end of the day, it's giving best value to everybody too. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, that there's, there's a slightly diff- different uh, aspect to it with the creative side of things yeah. because the my perfect might not be somebody else's perfect. No. So you, you do the best you can, yeah. you're accessible, you work as hard as you can and, you know, give your client the best service. But at the same time, 
what they feel about it is from an artistic point of view a creative point of view is you can't I, I control, can't that. control no. that no exactly well, before we get any more Love Island chat, we could probably uh, <laughs> wrap it up there. But I had one, so we're going to make it a bit of a tradition on this podcast right. to ask kind of mm. one final question, um, which would just be what one piece of advice would you give someone just starting out in their career? Um, well, I think work hard and commit to things. So don't shy away from those big problems that feel slightly unwieldy. And certainly, um, but at the same time, don't do what you think you're supposed to be doing. Do what mm. you want to do. In the ter- I don't mean just on the day-to-day basis. You better do what your boss tells you. But <laughs> um, I mean, just in terms of the, the direction that your career takes, don't drift along with the tide. Mm. Don't let the kind of career ladder or very, very easily go from school to uni to a career ladder that's provided for you and that mm. just so much easier just to follow that path it's and to say path. exactly to say wait a minute is this really what I want or is this just in front of me so definitely use your instincts and and you know uh, not necessarily always change and keep changing mm. maybe spend a bit of time being introspective about what why it is you keep you know been in your job rather than <laughs> thinking about the actual end goal and things yeah. like that so is that one piece of advice yeah i think so 15 or yeah, 25 that, that's brilliant well that was great and i mean yeah. obviously starting out in my career too i was soaking all of that in there <laughs> <laughs> excellent he's gonna have to take you and go no don't listen to everyone yes. <laughs> we'll have a chat after. please don't quit tomorrow but no, never never yeah brilliant no that's great so yeah i mean thanks for being our the first yes, guest on our Red Talks you. podcast. It's been really interesting from my perspective. Anyway, I've learned some things. Thanks there. for having me. Yeah. Do you feel like <laughs> you've learned some things? I do, actually. Yes. I was listening to me that whole time. I know. I know. That's the thing. When you both sat with a glass of wine <laughs> in the evening, how much do you listen? <laughs> how much do you listen? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Moving on, anyway. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, so thank, no, thanks again for coming That was really great. On. Yeah, I really enjoyed the chat and just feel like I've got to learn a bit more about you really fascinating career so mm, thank, thank you, you for having me yeah enjoy the rest of your day and thank you thank you Bye. Bye. thanks for listening to our red talks podcast please like share and subscribe